Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Oh, we're getting weird today, folks. It's 12 days from NBA opening night. Welcome to Brew's Big Bowl of Busts. We're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. We'll be fine. Don't worry about us. Everything's going to be fine. I, I, did I convince us? I'm convinced, Dan. Good. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. It's Fantasy NBA Today. It's Thursday, October the 12th. We are actually 12 days from the start of the NBA season, which is rad. We're deep in fantasy draft season. And I am Dan Bespris, and he is the founder of of Sports Ethos, the artist formerly known as HB, the great Aaron Bruce. That was a hoop ball reference. Are we still allowed to say it, or has that name been fired into the sun permanently? Or can we call it poop ball like we did on that one show that nobody noticed? <laughs> Does anybody remember? That one show, that one show that nobody saw. Yeah, actually, maybe we did it a couple of times. In the vault. Uh, yeah, that... we can still do that. Okay. Just don't quote. Just don't quote me on that. Yeah, we won't put that. We won't I, put I that in writing. I hate to see people showing up. Do you remember? I mean, I know the answer to this question is yes, that you do remember this. But do fans remember the show when Brew? You used to have a big whiteboard in the background of some of the shows that we did, our YouTube videos, and you'd write sort of like coded messages. And there was one where you wrote "poop ball" on the board behind you. I don't even remember that, Dan. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I don't remember that at all. My ass. You remember? No, I really don't. You I, really I, don't? I remember, uh, I remember when uh, Vince Miracle was uh, doing a show once, and uh, I just kept running by the show <laughs> as fast as I could. I think that was with me, wasn't it? Wasn't I on the other I end of that? I think at, at, at that point in time, the audio video, uh, video crew was of two people. You, now, you and Vince. Now it's basically one person. <laughs> it's me. Oh lord! We just keep throwing you out there. What are you doing? Like five shows a day now? I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do like eight a week is my goal. Right this this month. This is the time, man. This is where you got to get out there. You got to got to uh, shake hands and kiss babies, or don't shake babies and kiss hands. You'll get sick and babies will get hurt. Make sure you keep that straight. But uh, today is Bruce Big Bola Busts. That's the name of the show. I went alliterative on today's program. You can find us both on social media at Dan Baspers, at Aaron Bruski, and you can find sportsethos.com is the URL or at ethosfantasybk over on the socials as well. Brew, you've got three names that you wanted to put out there into the universe, players that you feel are a void level. But before we even get into them, what's that? Wanted. Wanted, yeah, wanted, wanted in, in, quote, wanted. in quotation wanted. marks. I forced you. Guys, you. you guys got to know, Dan. Dan's definitely forcing my hand here. I gave him a, a wrist burn until he did it, and now he's now he's done it. But I, you also wanted to. I wanted to preface this with you saying, this maybe isn't the board of maximum bustiness. I maybe I should choose a different word on that. That makes seems like I'm talking about. Should you? Uh, maybe I should stick with that. Actually, the bustiest of the busty boards. Um, you felt like this one was more small to medium size uh, bust plays. Does that? Let's just let's just take that to be. Uh, uh, we're doing this this logic equation here. Let's take that to be truth. Does that make it 
easier or harder to draft in fantasy? Because I could see that from both sides. A lot of references there, Dan. A lot of references. Um, yeah, no, I think it. It's I, the board is. There's not as many just like holy crap, what are you guys thinking? Kind of picks. I mean, th- there are. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I'll, in, in a draft, probably three, four picks per round. It's like, what are you thinking? <clears throat> Which is fine. I mean, to each their own. But um, this year, there's not the glaring busts. I mean, there's a handful, um, but. I just feel like there's no news there. It's not like surprising. There's even the names we'll talk about today are just not that surprising, but I, that's not to say that this draft is fully public. I don't think that's the case at all. I think that as far as who we're targeting within the B150, we're getting who we want, where we want, and feeling really good about the profile of the player. I think I mentioned this in a couple of shows ago. It's like young, durable, hitting their, their, their uh, peak, you know, that kind of player, we're getting that all over the place. And so I think maybe it's the case that the misses that are out there are not missing by a ton or they're not just of the egregious nature. And we're just able to see people kind of go around or two too early and still capitalize. It's kind of my early read on it, but we'll see, you know, 12 days out is actually a really interesting time for the draft season because it feels like everything has, you know, the kind of the old news and 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 all of the run up to the season, all that stuff kind of pivots at this point in time because you get preseason action, teams start to tip their hands with stuff, and and this is the, this is a scramble. These next twelve days are the scramble before most drafts occur in draft weekend, and this is where you see all the movement. You know, there'll be movement within the B one fifty. There'll be movement, you know, all all over the place in the market and. I mean, there's there's actually already some stuff going on. You got the Miles Bridges stuff going on. You got, you know, um, some kind of trendy players getting some playing time. So it's 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 a real good time to uh, to be on top of things. So from a from a difficulty standpoint, what I was sort of like uh, touching nuzzling up against there in in the first part of the question was, I could see where having a board that's maybe more smaller misses is perhaps easier for uh newer players because maybe they're not as likely to tank their team with a couple of bad picks but could it also be does that make it then could it also then be easier for a more experienced player uh because you know who to avoid or is it maybe it's a floor ceiling maybe that's the way i wanted to phrase the question does this raise the floor of newer players in fantasy having a board that's constructed the way that we're sort of suggesting it might be? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think you, you kind of nailed it with that. Um, and it, it also, uh, yeah, I got there. <laughs> so. Yeah. But it's, it's, first of all, I mean, the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, you know, and, and so on rounds of picks is kind of call your shot territory right now for the B one fifty. So really, it's about team construction at that point. You know, are you, you know, what happened in the early rounds? And then how are you going to kind of stop wasting value? You know, we, we got guys, I, I got one guy who's ranked, you know, in the mid 60s that basically, what's up, Joe? Uh, basically, you know, uh, can get him whenever I want, you know? And, and that's an interesting thing to just have in your back pocket, you know? Um, and then you've got, um, you know, just all these different constructions. So the back end of the, the, the V150 is, is just kind of on autopilot right now. 
but as far as young young drafters or um, just the difficulty of this draft i don't know like I, on one hand everything seems very predictable right now and that helps a lot for an experienced player to get in there and pillage um so i do think the floor for for a young player a beginner and intermediate player is is nicer if everything stacks up nice and neatly I don't really think that's totally the case. I don't think it ever really stacks up nice and neatly because you just never know with these things. But yeah, there's not the, for whatever reason, there's not the five rounds overdrafted guy, you know, in the second or third round this year, which is great. You know, I, I mean, that, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a bummer for anybody who takes that player. <laughs> yeah, the, the one. Uh, let's get into the big bowl or bowl of big busts. I, I forgot what order I put the bees on this thing. I've, I feel very accomplished the last two or three shows. I've actually thrown this, uh, garbage PowerPoint background into the mix. And, and I've also been told that it is now much clearer to read on the YouTube side. Uh, wanted to mention for those that are, no matter how you're consuming this content, please take a moment to like rate, subscribe. You guys know the drill. Um, everything that you do helps this kind of snowball effect. So, you know, thumbs up on YouTube, subscribes on YouTube, subscribes on traditional podcast channels. We want to get things into your ears, into your eyes, into your face, even if, um, some of it is a bit on the low tech side, brew. Let's see who the first name is on the board. I even put a fade on it. Look, here it comes. Nikola Jokic. What? Oh, you fooled those that aren't watching live. It is Julius Randle is the first one. See, I think I switched the order of the bees here on the second slide. Uh, this is actually one that I had on, I think, the show I did yesterday as someone I was personally looking at as a bust. He's going at 55. That's his Yahoo pre-rank, which in my eyes didn't make a whole lot of sense, but people don't want to hear me give my explanation again from yesterday. Why don't you feel Randall belongs at 55? I mean, he's in a perfect scenario right now with a coach that probably thinks what he's doing on the floor is good in, in Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> I mean, this is a classic Tibbs player. I mean, Tibbs was in the uh, Eastern Conference final with Derrick Rose and Carlos Boozer. Those guys just had the most awful offense in the world and he just ran it over and over again, you know, just run it again, run it again. And here he's got Julius Randall, who is the classic. Can he do it? Sure. Should he do it? No. Like it's just one of those obvious things and it always manifests in the playoffs. And, you know, it's, it's, they're never going to learn. It feels like, and even with all of those things holding true, it's very unlikely he hits that value. You know, it's an efficiencies thing. Uh, I mean, you're looking at Tibbs minutes racking up and whether that hurts him on an injury side or just takes away, you know, at the edges, a little bit of his effectiveness here and there. Um, so that's the best case scenario. The, the other case scenario, the worst case scenario is that they finally in New York, I mean, especially when you got a guy like Jalen Brunson, who does the right thing. I mean, you got a guy that does the right thing. You got a guy that does the wrong thing. It's as clear as day. So if they at, any point in time want to get out of the Julius Randle business, there's no other place on planet earth that that's going to let him do what he does in New York. And then you're just going to get the same stat set just at a, at a much lower volume. And, and that could be RJ Barrett territory, which incidentally that's Tibbs second favorite player. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. that I don't know if I like that territory. No, no. I mean, it's just, it's bad, you know, 
in any category league, of course, we're talking category leagues. Yes. Points, it's a totally different story. You know, points, as long as you're not getting punished for the efficiency, you know, how about it? So looking at his numbers from last year, Randall uh, was at 35 and a half minutes per game, averaged 25 points, 10 boards, four assists, almost three three-pointers, 46% from the field on almost 19 shots per game, and seven free throws at 75 and a half, roughly percent, 2.8 turnovers and very few defensive stats. Do you feel like last year was almost like uh, a maxing out in this current build of the Knicks? I saw some folks, when I was suggesting that Randall was a possible bust for this year, their retort, and I haven't had a chance to sort of argue back on this, was, well, you know, his free throw shooting was better a couple years ago, and, like, there's room for him to go back up in a couple of spots. My feeling is, with Brunson there, there sort of isn't, really, for room for him to go uh, back up in many spots, and I guess in, in the anomalous free throw bounce is kind of the only way. What am I missing there, if anything? No, I don't think you're missing anything there there at all. And um, <clears throat> you know, as New York improves everywhere else, but at the Randall position, you know, it's just going to get harder for him. And betting on a free throw bounce, you know, especially for a guy that's probably not going to get to the line as much. I don't think the the refs are dying to give him the calls that he's been accustomed to at full volume, you know, um, you know, refs kind of play this game where they're going to give one star player a lot of calls, especially if he establishes himself over and over and over and over and over and over again in the middle of a game. So as that goes away, they're, they're not going to give both he and Brunson, you know, every call that they want. So you know, getting to the line a lot can really help a player. Um, so this probably isn't the scenario to bet on a bounce back at the free throw line, but just overall, they're going to improve everywhere else but at his position. And I think you can kind of sense with the talk around the league that they're willing to move on. It's just about finding the right deal. And then you got, you know, classic Knicks stuff, which, you know, doesn't bode well for anybody, you know, leadership management and all of that. But, you know, eventually I, I would, I kind of think that they would make a change either this year or next. And, and that just makes him, you know, persona non grata inside the organization there from a basketball perspective. Are there, and this is not really the main theme of this show, because this show is guys that are going to likely underperform their ADPs, their pre-ranks in a nine-category league. Um, are there builds maybe on the head-to-head -head side where he could potentially still make sense? Because he has been, to this point, relatively durable, and that's been kind of harder to find in the NBA. Um, is it field goal punt is it free throw punt where does he possibly slot in if someone wanted to get a little bit more sort of uh, dig down to the nubs and find a way to get him still onto their team <laughs> defensive stat punt i mean that's <laughs> yeah. the all punting league i don't know um yeah you, you, it's it's tough i mean yeah sure maybe uh, a build that that takes those proficient categories and you know, you're probably looking in something of like a Luca ballpark, you know, where where you can, you know, even Giannis to some degree, but you know, then the percentage on the field goal percent side, you know, may or may not work out. And then you don't got to punt, you know, on some strict plan, you know, from the beginning. But when I was looking at your rank, by the way, I was actually I thought that was an eight cat rank. 
that's a nine cat rank, isn't it? So on the board here right now, that's uh, that's Yahoo's yeah. that's Yahoo's pre rank, which is sort of like a weird pre rank. Ag- okay. There's their like weird aggregate catch all number. Okay, all right. So it's in the middle. It's still <laughs> hilarious um, and bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. I I just I, you're you're really working overtime if you're going to pick him up with some sort of a punt strategy. And then in terms of durability, you know, past results are not always necessarily indicative of the future you know if anything that's i mean you're looking at tibbs minutes here yeah he'll run him out there until he's dead that's the pro the con is is what's going to happen i mean i I generally think he's a safer durability guy just because people bounce off of him and not the other way around right but um yeah no i think you're really stretching if you're if you're trying to get value out of julius randall through any mechanism if you're going to take all of his good stuff and get rid of the bad even then, it's going to be tough. Next player on the list. But first, Brew, what's special about October the 12th at Sports Ethos? Did something drop into some package or what did I? I know I saw something on Twitter as he places the ball on the promo tee. Yeah, thank you. Um, the All Sport, which the All Sport membership bundle, which is the stupidest deal we've ever come up with. I'm, I'm very much regretting it. Um, you know, financially speaking, it's not good for us, but it's good for our new or pardon me, our well, new customers as well. But it's really good. I, I like the fact that we continue to, um, you know, give our original, you know, customers, fans, followers, whatever you want to call us, the um, the, the great deals because the all sport package gets the B150 or got it last night. And it's seven dollars. Is that right, Dan? Mm-hmm. Seven bucks. Although I think you, it's you going up. Going. Isn't it going up in like the next few hours? Dan, it... is, Dan is the man for getting you guys discounts. I'll just say that. I'm just fighting behind so, the scenes. Nobody knows how much I'm like squeezing you to do these things. You don't want to do hilarious. And so, you, okay, you get basketball. So that's what you're here for right now. Bingo. Um, you also get football and those guys are killing it. And I know that because I used to work in Roto World's football department before Roto World did whatever they did. And those were just flat out studs, you know, Evan Silva, the Adam Levitan, the Greg Rosenthal, you know, these are the guys that trained me on this stuff. And so I know great football content. Our guys are at that level. So it's great um, that they're here and we're, we're, we're doing that. And you guys are getting football, basketball. And by the way, Joe Rico just said, what's up? Those guys are killing it in baseball. They're doing so good in baseball and you're getting that for seven bucks. It's the dumbest deal we've ever come up with. Yep. Like, Beyond stupid. I'm, I'm like mad enough. I want to get off the show and just like go do a lap or something. It's, <laughs> just do so anyway, you get grandfathered office. into this price for your entire time. You keep the membership active. And where can folks um, find it? it? Online at sportsethos.com. You know, hit the premium button and get in there and look at the different uh, packages. And it's, uh, it's great. You're going to love it. Seven bucks for what? Eight hours? Is that what you did? I think that's what I did. Yeah, it's like eight more hours. That's what you did to the company balance sheet, Dan. (laughs) I said, this is eight hours. Rabble, rabble. (laughs) Rabble, rabble, rabble. Exactly. So, yeah. It's uh, and so the B one fifties in there. So get on there, and 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 really that that's the plan that people should be on. I mean, I like Ethos three sixty, you know, but that's the plan right there. Yeah, the all sports the one. That's the that's the that's really like. I know we have a bundle called the old school bundle, but the the all sport is sort of like old school fantasy play. You got your season long for the three majors, just win all the way around. 
year round. We'll probably, when we expand to like other ancillary sports, probably include it in the all sport. I would think so. Yeah. You hockey. can be sitting there playing fantasy hockey. I know nothing about it, but. There's an old joke, by the way, that reminds me of an old joke, and I don't know if I can do the punchline, but uh, these two guys are sitting in a sports book, and one of them head in hand on the counter, and the other one walks up and says something like, what's going on, man? You okay? He's like, no, I'm having the worst day of my life. I had these great picks this morning on the NFL, and I went 0-6, so I thought I'd get back. It was a little bit of day baseball. I don't know if this actually makes sense from a calendar perspective. Don't worry about that. And and I, I threw a, a few coins on that, and I went 0-2 in those. And there were some basketball games, and I missed all three of those. I'm like, I'm 0-11 on the day. I don't know what to do with myself. And the second guy's like, oh, well, if you there's a couple hockey games coming up. What about those? And the guy says, what the do I know about hockey? Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see who's next. <laughs> That's a punchline. Huh? Yeah. What the bleep do I know about hockey? Because this obviously this man is... Obviously knows nothing about anything else. But... Yeah, he probably hits both those bets and he goes home happy. Yeah, probably. Uh, let's see who's next. Who after Julius Randle? It fades in. It is Sir Rudinand Gobert. Sir Rudinand, you've been so you've been kind of down on Gobert for a little bit now. This is not the first year that he's made your list of I don't like this and, guy. Yeah, and then it, it it took until last year for it to work out for me. <laughs> And it did though, because I mean, I I think it worked from a like the basketball side of it. You know, he's sitting there getting his kudos, but the deterioration was was sitting right out there for everybody to see for a couple of years now, and and now it's really pronounced. So as it goes with everything in the NBA, it takes two to three years. Even the GMs are slow. I mean, you you kind of notice that with their uh, GM surveys. Um. So yeah, he's been getting all this this love for the last couple of years, and it's it really hasn't been deserving. And now, in Minnesota, you know they can pin it on the bad trade and the the bad combination of players, but um, you know just player ability wise, he's going to be slower than we've ever seen him. You know the, the the there's no upside to running pick and roll through him. You know there's it's just like this unfortunate situation where you know he's not going to be as effective i think they're gonna have to cut his minutes he's got a bad knee so it's uh it's not looking good for him and and i guess the question will be like do they continue to try to make this thing work or do they try to take the things that they can do which would be like move a carl anthony towns and and just try to i mean it's sad to say but like reset you know after they gave up the farm. Yeah. Everything. So new owner syndromes. Yeah. New owner syndrome is a real thing, man. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're just in a bad spot. Rudy, the only way he beats this number is if cat gets hurt and uh, you know, he just sort of plods his way, you know, through 70 games and uh, you know, it doesn't completely fall off the map with things like block shots. So this is where I get to, uh, push you a little bit and see what I can get out on the Rudy front. He last year, he finished at number 58 in nine cat uh, blocks were down for him last year. Um, still managed 11 and a half rebounds, still shot 66% from the field. Uh, do you see additional erosion beyond what happened last season? Yeah, I do. I, and, and I don't have my projections in front of me, but I would imagine he's going to go down percentage wise on the field goals significantly. Um, you know, it's when you can't get the easy dunks, you can see 
your numbers drop precipitously, um, you know, because they're just not there anymore. You know, you're, you're, the things that, that your teammates were accustomed to seeing, they don't see them anymore. So you take 100% or 95% dunk percentage or whatever the number is, and you start to take that number and drop it, right? It, it goes down now. Now the that thing that's waiting, everything up to sixty six and seventy. You know, with some of these guys, you know, it goes way down. So, I, I think that's going to happen. And then um, I think the blocks are going to come down, and I think the rebounds are going to come down. I mean, another aspect of the rebounding thing is Carl Anthony Towns. If he stays healthy, that's just another rebounding guy to fight for rebounds with. And so, yeah, I mean the number of reasons to fade are, are, are many here. I don't know that I have anything to add on that front. It just, uh, I, I guess my only thought is really how much worse is it? The, is it really about the minutes? Like 31 minutes goes down and then everything just kind of goes down with it. Is there any more beyond that? Cause like if he's on the floor, he'll get something right. Wrong. Yeah. I, I think it's very much, in play that he doesn't get 30 minutes. And then um, I, I think, uh, I mean, that's in addition to everything else I just said, that's really what's, you know, driving the fade here. I mean, you got injury risk on top of it. Um, but but it, even there, there's even more to it. I think sometimes this stuff will snowball. Like once the team knows that Rudy's not the guy, you know, once the team's fully aware you know like what happens then you know does does he press does you know that create friction does he just resign himself you know and, and say all right yeah fine don't play me 30 30 minutes you know give me 26 let's go with small lineups i'm a team guy i don't want to be the 200 million dollar or whatever he's got you know albatross that's out here in addition to that bad news trying to thump my chest and fight my way out of it you know, and that's what most NBA players do. But, you know, I think like if you're looking long term and you, you want to not have a terrible experience, you might just tell everybody, hey, yeah, no, I'm cool. with. Let's go with some small lineups. You know, let's get cat at center for 24 minutes a game or, you know, like like put my minutes at 26, 28. Nas you know, Reed, by the way, also floating around. Nas Reed. That's they just paid the guy. Yeah. It's almost as if they understand that a move needs to be made and they just want to be ready to make that move if they need to make that move. But yeah, Nas Reed, the good news there is he's just a 22 minute guy. Can't really handle more than that. Um, very problematic for Rudy Gobert, you know, to have all that going on around him and also not be that effective. And man, big men whose athleticism starts to tilt, they fall off the map. Look at Rashawn Holmes. You know, we predicted that. It's like we predicted the Rashawn Holmes thing all the way up the, the ladder. And we got to the top. There was about two years before that where we said, hey, is it going to be at the top soon? You know, you should probably get off the ride. And, you know, then the athleticism goes. And then you're, you're a very one-dimensional player that can't really justify what, whether it's big minutes, usage. I mean, do you really want to run Rudy Gobert screen and roll now? You know, because... Um, you know, previously, you, you had to do it to keep him happy. You had to do it to kind of justify the money, the contract. And he's and so, throw him a bone. He's so notably well-loved in locker rooms, too. Tongue-in-cheek. I mean, yeah. And that's that whole thing, it's 
it's hard to know. I mean, you got to really be on the ground to get the details with that stuff, but there's, there's something there. It's hard to put a finger on and it's, uh, it all just bodes poorly, you know, for his fantasy potential. Well, let me take, I have a, a tangential question about this big man thing you brought up before we get to your third, uh, bust in the, in the bowl of them. Um, how can you how can you know when a big man's athleticism starts to erode? Do you have to see it begin to happen? Is there a, a, a schematic to this where, like, most of the time it's at X point? Um, it feels like it's going to be somewhat player-specific as guys are both a little different, but um, how can you get in front of that type of thing? Watch a lot of basketball. <laughs> I mean, it's... There's... Um, you know, I didn't play any like real hoops or anything, but I did play a ton of basketball and I did play, you know, in high school or whatever. And um, I just think it helps like understanding angles to, um, you know, where, where you, you, you kind of think like, all right, you know, if I was trying to do what these guys are doing and I had that skill set, would I be able to, you know, protect the edge? If, if you can really see that and visualize that and, um, you know, you watch, I, I kind of feel like, with the amount of information that we need to consume, if you're going to be, you know, out here doing expert stuff, like reasonably, you got to be able to see this stuff on film within about like five seconds. <clears throat> and, and that, you know, um, should give you, you know, enough context to know, like, how's this, how's this guy moving? And then you kind of know the history and determine, is there a reason he's moving like that? Is there a potential that he's out of shape? You know, all the different variables can come into play, but within five to 10 games, you should know, not just what he's what he is right now, but like what's that trajectory looking like, you know, five years down the road. And sure, there's going to be times you don't get it right because, you know, maybe a player changes their diet, gets a better trainer, you know, whatever whatever happens in their life happens in their life. But most players will follow a pretty easy to read trajectory, and I guess you know it's kind of the same in fantasy leagues as it, as it is at the team level. You got good teams and you got bad teams. I think the good teams, like the, the Miami Heats of the world, you know, in those in those you know rooms where they watch film, and like it's like those are the basketball guys. They get it. Bad teams do things like hire, you know, crony number one, you know, to come in and and be the guy, and the guy's just not the guy. He's he's not, you know, whoever they are, they're just not good at it, you know. And it's it's there's something else driving the hire and. That's why you see all this weird stuff out there in the NBA where you're like, how could they even possibly come up with that? Well, it's probably some cronyism, you know, and, and it happens in fantasy. It happens in, you know, real life hoop. Um, you see a big man out there who's starting to get lead feet and in a league of pick and rollers, that's going to get exposed. Rudy Gobert is going to be exposed. It's not a if, it, it, it's going to happen. And his, his primary asset defense so there you go there you go all right let's see who's third oh okay and so just revenge revenge for last year yeah i he was in my honorable mention uh chart this year as well for arguably the worst pick i think maybe i've ever made or since i became since i flipped over to the other side of this you didn't take Kawhi leonard that one year i did not although someone's picking on you in the chat room and i was trying to look for the right time to bring it in because this is one of your funny ones from like 
eight, nine years ago. You ready for it? It's not Myers Leonard, by the way. Do you remember I who you're it. do you know who I'm it's gonna be? It's who, I'm hoping it's who I think it is. You want to take one guess first? Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Pat Beverly. Nope. Oh, this one's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember those years. Remember the Kylo Quinn years? This uh, was the Kylo Quinn. The Kylo what was that? Quinn. Was it with the magic? Yeah, the magic. And and it was it was like across the board. Every analyst on the planet got that one dead was, wrong. Yeah, he, they were very upset about that in in public. Uh, you know public land they didn't understand the stat set i don't think the stat set was delightful and then he just didn't anyway thought that was kind of funny um but yeah middleton all right look i got some rage on middleton i didn't go into too much detail on him yesterday because he only made my honorable mention list but you and i are both gonna nail him this on this show um first of all my biggest beef with chris middleton isn't even with chris himself it's with the Milwaukee bucks yeah it's it's the bucks yeah it's, it's not his bad it's not his bad that they were just like, oh, P.S. And this was, by the way, I think this was the Sunday before the season started. They were like, P.S. Chris Middleton's not going to be quite ready to start the year. And I kind of thought, hmm, okay, well, I have him on like 80% of my rosters. How's this going to go for me? And then not quite ready to start the year became six damn weeks. And even then he wasn't healthy. So then he's like shut back down again with soreness, came back in whatever it was, January or something. And the slowest, this was Jonathan Isaac-level slow ramp-up for Chris Middleton the rest of the way. He never got to a full complement of minutes, but he was good enough the whole damn time, not fantasy-wise, but good enough as a player where you couldn't quite dump him. Because you're like, well, if he plays 30 minutes, top 40, top 50 guy for how many years now? Um, Is he broken is the question. Is Chris Middleton broken because he's hurt to start this year again? I mean, they gave him the money, so that's a good sign in general that maybe he's not broken. <laughs> Great. Maybe. It doesn't seem like you and I necessarily I had him believe as that, a though. bust in my free agent ranks. I, I just thought it was crazy to give him money. How old crazy is he Crazy for now? teams to pursue him. Um, I believe he's 29. Really? He's not even 30 yet? Jeez. I think so. Somebody, somebody get an age for us. But, All right, I'll, I'll work on that. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, so that stuff, I, this is this is actually great territory for the entire league. Like, 
it used to be the league was covered by journalists with a capital J. Now the league is covered by team cheerleaders for the most part, um, which is fine to a certain extent, you know, like everybody's got their lane. And if you want to be a fan, you know, kind of journalist, you go be a fan journalist and, and that's cool. Um, but especially in the smaller markets, like access is given on a very selective basis, i.e. talk nicely about us. If you talk nicely about us, we'll let you in. So what does that do? Your, your journalists with a capital J, the ones that are really asking important, relevant stuff, we all want to know. How's Chris Middleton doing? You know, what's going on with Chris Middleton? Is he, is he okay? You know, that kind of stuff. It's not coming out. You know, and teams are now, because the, the that equation has tipped so far into the way that it's tipped, and, um, you know, the league has an issue there, definitely. The league, at some point, is going to have to come to grips with, you need to have some sort of an access policy that doesn't make it so selective about what's getting covered with your product, because it's essentially, you're just a marketing PR thing now, you know, and whether it's season ticket holders that want to see Chris Middleton, you know, and then a lot of this talking to people around the league, a lot of this comes back to stuff like that. You know, they're selling season ticket packages and they want people to not think the team's going to suck or take the regular season off or whatever the thinking is behind these things. They do it for short-term injury decisions. You know, the team's in town for eight days. Don't tell them Steph's hurt. You know, that's not a thing that happened by the way. It's just kind of give you an example. Um, so it's, it's really problematic. And this one came out at the last second last year. It was very annoying. Um, and, and these injuries that drag out, first of all, fantasy wise, it was bad. Like, you know, we can just get past that right now, but that's indicative of a situation injury wise that it's not good. You know, the fact that you couldn't be ready after that amount of time, then you took all that time off and then you came back by the way his numbers in true chris middleton fashion were not that far off yeah he looked he pretty good for his like does. 23 minutes and he did it looking terribly like he <laughs> looked slow he couldn't elevate he couldn't do anything out there it felt like but the numbers came you know chris middleton's as consistent of an nba player statistically prior to the injury as you're gonna find so um that, you know, and then the fact that, you know, there's talk right now that, um, you know, he's not quite back or whatever. They're just kind of, that's you know, what really worries me. What does that mean? That terrifies me. I, the amount of time he took off should have been enough in a normal situation to heal the knee. Yeah. Frickin Kawhi Leonard says he's ready to go. This is Kawhi we're talking about and Middleton's still not. And it might take, it might take the amount of, kind of time and, and games off and the amount of attention that Kawhi put into the get healthy process. It might take that amount of time with Chris Middleton, but the difference is Chris Middleton's not Kawhi. You take 30% off of Kawhi's fastball and he's still able to use his strength, you know, use his skill, use, use all the things that, that make him Kawhi Leonard to get to his spots and be effective. But you're starting to see Kawhi Leonard flatten out and become not one dimensional, but somewhat one dimensional, um, you know, in, in, in certain respects, Chris Middleton, I don't know if he's got that in his bag, 
So, you know, he's 32, a fully by the way. healthy. Shout out to Circular yeah, for was, looking at 32. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, he feels like he's man. That's old. For <laughs> so this. That's, that makes it that, that makes it worse, like, I think, for you. Yeah, and, and as teams were lining up to give that money, or, or maybe they weren't even lining up, maybe Milwaukee just felt like they had to impress Giannis. You know, that's another angle here. This Lillard thing is is intriguing because it does feel like some people may have known many moons ago that this was a possibility. Um, so why then give the money to Chris Middleton if you kind of could pivot out a little bit? Or, or maybe they just view Chris Middleton as so necessary to another championship run that they just did it anyway. Um, is there any not money I would have given? Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in on you there, but um, Jay in the chat room asks, and I'll sort of tweak the question just a little bit. If Middleton is a bust, but not even so much that, like if Middleton isn't right, is there anyone on that Milwaukee team that can fill his shoes at all, or is that now becoming a very Dame Giannis team with you know Brooke Lopez will get his looks off of those guys and near the bucket and blah blah blah. Um, but if it's not Middleton, is there anyone else there? You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, we looked at that and, and we just kept coming back to, you know, Pat Connaughton, baby. Like it's, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, OPC. you know, Malik Beasley, it's like, yeah. And it's, it's just, no, to answer your question, those two guys know now Cameron Payne is super interesting. Um, because he fills a spot. We we're also looking at that spot in the roster and thinking like, you know, Wigginton or whatever his name is, like actually like him, you know, but probably not going to be able to handle it. Um, and asking him to be asking a lot. Um, Cameron Payne had a decent little run there, you know, um, in the Western conference finals, especially, but statistically he can put up some numbers uh, in lower minutes. You know, you got a older point guard playing ahead of him, So, Cameron Payne has some flaws to his fantasy game. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, in terms of a deeper league where you can kind of play the low high a little bit and hope that there's some upside at the end of the, the tunnel there, maybe uh, that could work out. And, and then especially because you're looking at Chris Middleton for whatever many shots per game, like 15, 16. I don't know it off the top of my head, but like you take that away. Um, sure. You got Giannis and you got, you got Lillard and, and they could probably handle you know, some additional shots there. But I think a Cameron Payne would come in there. They would welcome, you know, him to fire away at will. Malik Beasley, you know, as well. You know, just you're out there for that, you know, fire away. So uh, while we were talking here on this podcast, and this is not Big Bolo Bust related, but it is Miles Bridges related. There's been a little bit more yeah. news on that front rolling through uh, while we're on air. I'm trying to sort it out while we're yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, I, I, I've been watching that. Uh, Baxter, um, Baxter Holmes please, please tweeted it out. Um, it appears as though he's being accused of smashing his ex-girlfriend's car window with pool balls while his children were inside said car. Um, it's I saw not, that one earlier. Yeah, uh, it's not clear. Does he have anything new? Because I, I noticed he was following the story. He was the first to come out with um, the fact that there was an incident on Tuesday. So just 24 hours ago or 30. 6 48 hours ago nobody else had that which i thought was weird um it appears like he might have gotten his hands on 
the documents flying around the internet right now that are basically, I guess, the charging documents. Yeah, they're on the Hornets um, subreddit is where it appears that they've now surfaced. Yeah. Um, I, I saw that. Threw pool table balls at X's car with kids inside, smashing windshield, threatened victim that if she told the police, he would take everything from her and withhold child support. Threatened victim during custody exchange is what folks are pulling from it so far. I mean, look, I, I've been saying through this entire draft season, there are better ways to win your fantasy league than to take a shot on Miles Bridges, and I get to triple down on that today. There are better ways to win your fantasy uh, league, people. I, I got. I unfortunately have the opposite side of that equation. <laughs> of trying to win fantasy leagues at the expense of morality. Um, and uh, because then if you, if you start going, if you start going morality on everything and, and everybody, and, and, and frankly, yeah, you lose, like, you lose about ten you know, percent of the NBA. Well, you're gonna. I mean, like, what's that? Like half the league or a quarter of the league? You know, it's you get a little bit. You know. But this one's a this one's a business. Yeah, it's true. I don't want to be accused of like not giving somebody a second chance. The first one was a pretty awful situation, so I tried to avoid it. Um, and now I feel like it's, that. It's also, um, you know, because basically, like, we're trying to get this, you know, from a fantasy person. We can just pull them off the board, right? Like, that's yeah. easy to do. You can do that. Anybody out there, if you want to do it, I'm not going to judge you if you do that. And 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 frankly, that's what I did last year. You know, I just like I don't want to think about this. You know. This is, uh, you know, obviously a bleep show. Um, this, as it popped up, just trying to figure out what's what. Yeah, same. I think it's, I think it's, in terms of like, is there a chance that this either A is not what it sounds like, or B, um, you know, something that has the potential to come back with minimal repercussion for whatever reason. The fact that it appears that he had a restraining order against her as well might be some sort of a mitigating factor of some type. I was talking this over last night uh, with Andre as we were getting the ranks ready. And uh, I think the idea that something just happened recently is much more bad for him, bad in general, than um, if this was related to January, which was kind of what the initial reporting on this came out as, which that makes no sense to me. It's like, did all those reporters get it wrong? When Baxter was the only one who said that it was a Tuesday related thing. I was a little, I mean, not shocked because I mean, a lot of this was just like local TV news, you know, a lot of aggregation. It didn't feel like there was a ton of reporters on it. And it was kind of like, okay, if all these guys missed it and Baxter got it, that it was a Tuesday thing, would it, you know, that her attorney reach out to Baxter, who's been known, you know, to, to kind of be more of an investigative reporter, is probably the guy you would want to go to, you know, if you were, you know, trying to get this info out there. So those are the questions that were kind of circling as we were trying to figure out as we were just pulling him way down draft boards, um, you know, trying to figure out is this something that's going to just blow over? And I would think if it's something that's not what it sounds like. We would probably hear from the Bridges camp in the next, say, six to 18 hours ballpark because they're going to want to get out in front of it. Yeah, and so far, and, quiet. I don't think that bodes well. Or uh, No, no, the quiet does not bode well. Um, whether it's quiet from Charlotte, 
whether it's quiet from the league, uh, whether it's quiet from the bridges camp. They um, typically, I think you got to wait and kind of reserve some judgment on this stuff. Maybe not in his situation, but just as like a generalized, like when we hear, <laughs> we have just seen a message for you. Sorry. Um, when we hear about this related to this, by the way, um, oh. <laughs> from 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Unrelated. I was like, I'll just put it out there. I was letting Bruno know that uh, one of the employees in the office behind him had a phone on speakerphone. And so you could, you could hear office sales calls happening behind him, but it's great though. I mean, you look like you're, things are happening, man. It's, it's all happening. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's happening over here. Um, yeah, no, I just think with, with, uh, bridges, it just looks like it's trending the wrong direction and, Maybe we hear something in the next six to 18 hours, but we pulled him way down in the ranks. Um, probably going to continue to pull him down further and further and further. Um, if you don't want to deal with it, it wouldn't you know, be the worst decision you've ever made. There's a lot of risk inherent within. I mean, when you look at a risky ask, asset like that, you're, you're, gener you're just generally saying, all right, we're going to zig when everybody else is zagging. And you know, as you make that choice inherent within it, there is risk. The fact that it played out before the season even started, I mean, good, you know, at least from the fantasy perspective, it's not hitting your teams after, you know, you've done your draft. Um, so you can stay away now, but uh, yeah, I think six to six to 18 hours, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll kind of get a tell if, if there's nothing, then it was something probably. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. If we're reading good. the tea leaves, that is. And uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, is your additional piece on the uh, Brewski's big bowl of busts. You could probably throw throw Miles on that. I can't I fix throw the, him in there. Yeah, I yeah. can't fix the PowerPoint here, but uh, I I did take it off the screen. But you can throw Bridges another B on the in our alliterative situation here on the Brewski's big bowl of busts. I think folks had plenty of time to see the names that were up there. I don't know that I need to put them back. Uh, Brew, we have, well, first I want to remind everybody again, please do take a moment here towards the end of the program to like, rate, subscribe. That is a very big deal to us. It does uh, help kind of push things up the table. Find us on social media because that's the way we can get in touch with you regularly throughout the day instead of on a pod, which is once the season starts Monday through Friday, once a day in the morning. At Dan Bespers for me, at Aaron Bruski for him. You can also find us by just Google searching Dan or Aaron at Sports Ethos. That'll be an easy way to find you. You don't have to try to spell our names or anything. But, Brew, for those that don't play NFL or MLB, I got one more opportunity for you here to promo at the end. Uh, is there perhaps a way that folks could get NBA stuff only? Question mark. My word, Dan, that broad broadcasting school is really paying yeah, off. I heard that. Um, Please, get, by the way, I want us at some point to do a major league broadcast booth bit. I don't know what, not today. We'll set it up, but can we just go broadcast a game? Like, can we just go to Sacramento river cats and you just pull some strings and me and me and you just broadcast? Probably. Zach, I, I'm very good knows. friends with their broadcaster, Zach. I don't know if he'll throw us on air, but we could just yell things in the background. I was gonna say, if we give us our, our fake booth. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, NBA fantasy pass is, I think what you're referring to, Dan, mm -hmm. and uh, folks can get that as well. $6 a month. Uh, the the uh, B-150 drops into it Friday night, I believe. Is it Friday night? Yeah, I'm, I'm losing track of my days here. Um, and, and the one thing that, Dan, you're not talking about enough, if, if I may critique here. Is, is, it, on, is it Andre? Draft Tracker 
it's draft tracker and it's the projections that are going into the in-season product. It's the draft tracker is the most amazing tool that I've ever used. I've used a bunch. This thing, I'm running like 20 leagues right now, easily, easily. Through, and I've got major uh, thoracic outlet syndrome damage to my hands that I can be type and all that good stuff. It is so simple to use and it's taking the B150 projections and the B150 ranks and it's distilling it into this amazing tool that I can't say enough about. So anybody who's got access to the B150 ranks has access to that tool right now, access to the B150 ranks for a couple of days here. You can go get the demo tool as long as you're an NBA fantasy pass holder. So that's either the NBA fantasy pass or the all sport membership. Both will get you the demo tool. It'll just have consensus industry stats. They're not, you know, they're okay. But you know, you will be able to practice using the tool it still works to, to see kind of how things are going for your squads. Um, but that tool is amazing. And then on the in-season side, there are tools coming your way that you see, um, you know, kind of out there in spaces. But, um, you know, they're also the same construction that, that we've been making with this draft tracker tool. And then the B150 stats and projections, the theories behind them, all of the heavy lifting. This is all going to be done by me and Andre this season. And... Um, especially Andre. Andre, for those of you who don't know, is an amazing basketball mind, also a wizard with data. These and two things just make a him a damn very good dangerous dude. analyst. Just a damn good an dude. An amazing dude. An amazing dude. But in terms of what you get on the in-season side of things, there's nothing out there that will be as competitive. If you're playing DFS and you're going in, and there are a couple studly sites out there, you know, like establish the runs, one of them. Those guys are amazing what they do. These are as good, if not better, as those stats that you guys would be using for your DFS projections. You'd be using them for your um, over-under um, betting stuff. Just know it's there. You guys, it's it's going to be an amazing run, whether you're playing season-long fantasy, DFS, or gaming. And that's all part of your membership. So uh, just keep an eye out for that as we get going here on the, the in-season side of things. He is the mighty Aaron Bruski. I am Dan Baspris. Thanks, as always, for hanging out with us here and uh, uh, entertaining a spoonful from Bruski's Big Bowl O-Busts. At Dan Baspris, at Aaron Bruski on social. Have a delightful rest of your whatever the hell day it is. It's Thursday, by the way. I know that. I know what it is. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. So long for now. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.